day it's seeking plum. So it's a little after four in the morning and after a few noisy outbursts outside my window, well, I am awake. <laughs> so this episode is going to piggyback off of the last one. From the outside, it may look like I don't care about politics anymore, that I'm sticking my head in the sand, and that's not really where I'm at. That said, I am in a place of frustration, so I'm sort of in a holding pattern. But this is how I'm seeing politics right now in the US, from when I'm outside the country and even when I'm here. It's almost like this giant game of telephone. The media presents us with the quote-unquote facts. They don't always come to us crystal clear, so there are other details that follow eventually. But in the meantime, as those pieces of information follow, there are a lot of opinions and talking heads from the media to social media to us. And there's a lot of emotions wrapped up into that too. So it's not just the typical game of telephone where pieces of information are getting warped and confused as they're passed on. There's also this added few layers of emotion and anger and frustration that blows this all up and again enters the pointing of fingers and blame. Yes, I definitely think there is a group of people, maybe more than one, that has their head in the sand and doesn't want to deal with all that's going on right now. And part of me can't fault them because I understand the desire, at least, wanting to put a lot of this out of their heads. But, and I know this is not going to go over well, but I think on the other side of it, I almost think this huge amplified game of telephone is almost another way of putting our heads in the sand. We're so wrapped up in we must have our eyes focused on what's the next piece of information, what's the next story, what's happening, and what are we going to feel in this moment, and who are we going to tell, and who are we going to blame, and who are we going to rant and rave about, and to, who are we going to make our arguments to, that we aren't focusing on what are we going to do. See, and this I think is also going to be another unpopular opinion. I think that our standard way of doing things is the backup plan, protesting and voting. These things, they're the way we've always done things. We've seen that protests are not changing anything. They show that we're upset. They show that we don't like what's happening. But in the end, what changes? We do vote, and at this point we know that there are other factors involved that don't always make our votes go the way we want them to, which makes people concerned that is their vote going to count? It doesn't discount the fact that we need to get out and vote, but I think it's only one piece of the puzzle. Signing petitions and going to protests are sometimes minutes or maybe an afternoon or a morning of our time. So this may take a bit more effort of what can we do to change things. I think 
number one is that first we have to accept that this is our world now instead of being surprised shocked or it can't go there or it's never gonna go there we have to accept that it quite possibly can or it is once we make those hurdles then we can move forward then I think we start small instead of looking at sides and issues and politics we look at each each thing we want to address as how does this affect my sister my brother my mother my father and if it doesn't affect them today it could affect them in the future and if it doesn't affect them in the future it is affecting someone else's family if we can start looking at any number of things in our community in our circles of of life as human as human aspects that affect other families that could potentially affect our families then maybe maybe we could shift our perspective on how we want to move forward if all of us do this it's not about race or creed or politics it's about simply being human you breathe i breathe we hurt we laugh we all do these things we have people that we love and care for that we want the best for if we can come together in small groups and collaborate and ask each other questions okay this is what we what we like in our community and this is what we want to expand and this is what this is what needs a little work or this is what's broken and needs fixing okay what resources do we have what resources do we need and how could we go about getting them or how could we go about using what we have to address this almost if you will macgyvering the situation community brainstorming opportunities i don't think that we can rely on politicians or leaders to help us move forward it has to be us as i'm sitting here i am reminded of this amazing community i remember doing an episode about way back in september and the episode was called a community of ingenuity and this was in highland park i believe michigan and they they were amazing i should say are amazing it started with i think something like one lamp post or one house and they changed everything that house became a community center uh, where children came after school to hang out and the lamp post was uh solar powered and oh my goodness they accomplished so much in that in that city that town anyway you need to go back and listen to the episode if you haven't and the whole point of bringing this up is that if a small community with so little could accomplish so much then where we are now 
and the difficulties you may see in your community, whether they are huge or whether they are small, whether they seem to be political in nature or not, whatever it is you think you want to address, they can, it can be done. And you may feel like you are but one person, but I could practically guarantee that you're not the only person feeling that way. And all it takes is one voice to start something. So instead of being a part of the masses and that huge telephone game, create something new. Dare to be different. Dare to think outside of the norm. Create change, even, even if it starts small. Because a tsunami starts with just one drop of water, right? One drop, and then another, and another, and another. Hey, this is Anime Savage from Animega Nation, and I just listened to your newest uh, episode. Um, yeah, I... There is a lot of emotion that goes into these arguments from both sides. And there's a lot of bullets being fired that not only hurt people, but ruin lives. Because we, we feel the need to defend this particular opinion or this particular idea down to its very core. And we want to put everything on the line to tell this person that they're wrong. I mean, you look at Christianity and atheism, they put everything on the line just to prove that if there is a God that exists. And instead of just maybe listening to the other side and maybe saying, okay, well, if that's what you believe, that's what you believe, and leave it at that. Instead, we actually think that, uh, I'll finish this in another recording. Yeah, this is part two. So what I was saying is that we actually think that um, by us proving that person wrong, that we've somehow um, fixed the country or we've helped the country get to a more uh, better state or status quo than it was before. And the reality is that the two sides will never compromise. They can't, they won't, because the media continues to push and push and push. I mean... Think about it. The media doesn't want us um, to agree with each other. They don't want Democrats, Republicans, independents, um, feminists, men's rights activists, any, any group you can think of to actually sit down and compromise. Um, I'll finish this in another um, recording. Hey, this is part three. I, I do notice that I said sounds in part one, so it's wounds, but never mind. Um, the media does not want... Um, for example, feminists and men's rights activists to agree. They don't want them to come to a compromise or to come to an agreement of where they can actually work together as two um, equal groups. No, 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 no. Instead, they want you. They want feminists and men's rights activists or Democrats and Republicans to fight because that makes news. And um, I'm going to quote a, a saying that Denzel Washington said in an, um, in a red carpet interview. People don't care about the truth. They just care about who's first, who gets it out first. As long as it's first, then it must be true, right? 
I mean, if Fox gets out first, then it must be true. You know, whatever Fox is saying. Um, I'll finish this in another video um, recording. This is part four. So, and like I said before, it's all about getting it out first. And it doesn't necessarily mean that Fox News is right. Or CNN is right. Or your local news is right. It just means we got it first. We're giving you this breaking news about Donald Trump doing this, or Hillary Clinton saying that, or this Democratic representative doing this, or this Republican de uh, representative doing that, or feminists saying this, or men's rights activists doing that. It's news. It feuds, It fuels the media machine. And we have the power to change that. If we really want this war to end, we need to put aside our egos, put aside our feelings, and actually look at what needs to be fixed. Not, oh, I feel that I need to assault this person, or I need to call this person a name. Or I'll finish this in part five. All right, this is part five. So yes, um, we are feeding the media machine. When we put our emotions and our egos into it, instead of looking at it by, at a logical standpoint, the media wins. So they get to blow everything up and we're reacting instead of acting. That's the thing. We're reactors instead of actors. We don't pay attention to the details. We just look at the pretty lights and we'll believe whatever the news says. And some of us do pay attention. Some of us do take some time. But majority of the country will take whatever the news tells them and will blow a stack on Twitter and not even think about the details. So I think we need to start compromising and talking to one another like human beings, not shunning people because they voted for Trump, not shunning people because they voted for Hillary, not shunning people because they didn't vote for either or, but trying to learn from their perspective. Thanks so much for listening, and I can't wait to hear your answer. Bye-bye. Hey, Anime Savage. I hope I got that right. It always rolls so nicely off your tongue. So you made a lot of valid points there that I just want to add on to a few of them. I definitely think that the news is a business and I think that we are reactors, but because the news is a business and we seem to feast or fuel, thrive on entertainment, we shape what the news produces, what it presents to us because they would not be in business without us. We're all about consuming, being, even creating entertainment of some kind these days, specifically because social media is so big. But when entertainment becomes the focus, I think that changes the way our news is presented to us, the way we take it in, the way we even feel about it. So we enjoy the lights, the images, you know, the, the headlines, snappy catchphrases, hashtags, the audience participation when it's offered to us. And the news also seems to like to, they focus on how they present it to us, how they frame a story to us, and how they want us to perceive it. So who is going to be vilified and who is going to be seen as the hero, right? It's not just a straightforward story. There always has to be a good and a bad side almost. But I think that there's almost more to it than that. It's not just news wrapped up in entertainment or <laughs> the flavor of showbiz, if you will. I think there is, we have our own flavor of propaganda here in the US. I know that word has a very negative connotation to it, but 
we have our own flavor of it because each each news agency whether it's a tv station and a newspaper etc has a brand right and so they know politically which way they lean based on the ownership of that entity they know what types of messages they want to portray they know what slants they want to take and some of it comes down to word choice some of it comes out of framing the stories sometimes those entities don't do a lot of that and sometimes they do a lot of it and I think we run into greater difficulties greater problems when there is more more hands-on manipulation of the information if the information is just handed to us on a platter for us to evaluate that that is different but I think there is an assumption that we can't do that and and it's dangerous to, in many ways to underestimate people because in underestimating us we underestimate ourselves and underestimating us you don't push us to be better and then we slump further and further down that's what I think happens when you do it with the news all of that said I think we are less aware of how much our news has taken on the flavor of entertainment and the flavor of slant. It's not that we're unaware of it, I just don't think we realize how much it is wrapped up in these things and how much of it is being affected by outside sources or branding or not straight facts or information. So yes, in part, I think that the media plays a role in this, in being responsible for where we're at and how we move forward. However, like you said or implied, because the news, the media is a business and we are customers, consumers, it's kind of like, you know, the snake eating its own tail. They can't be in business without us. And they won't produce what they are producing if we don't consume it. And so it's not fair for us to shift blame or responsibility entirely on the media if we are the ones who are tuning in, if we are the ones who are saying, give us more, because they make money providing what we want. And I think that that's exactly where the having to be first comes in and needing to be the flashiest or most interesting comes in. If a particular media brand were to try to ratchet things back and customers, consumers were not ready for that, they would probably start to lose business, which would feed fuel to the ones that we are seeing the problems with. So although I do see media as the problem, I do think that a lot of it starts with us and where we get our news from, how we consume it. I don't think it's an all or nothing either. Not that you said that or even implied that. I'm just saying, uh, I, think, I think we do need some news 
so that we are aware of what's going on, especially if we want to uh, make change, help move things in any particular direction. But turning that tap from full force to drip, 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 I think definitely makes a difference. Makes a difference to the brand, to the business of the news, makes a difference to us individually and our own mental health, physical health, and I think makes a difference to us as a society. Because when we are individually healthier in every way, then it ripples out and affects others as well. And it's all about seeing each other, communicating with each other, right? Hey, Seeking Plum, it's been a while, so I'm going to call in a couple of times, but I'm going to start off with this. Um, I choose to new, to ignore the news because I understand that the vibration in the world or the vibration in the United States is derived from this bad aura, this bad vibe, you know, and the more attention that's given to it, like you were saying, the next story, what's coming up next, how worse can it get? How stupid can these politicians be? And it's just like I was telling a friend the other day. We need to stop putting the power into the government and thinking that the government's going to solve the problem. We the people can solve our problems. We the people can be accountable to every one of our choices and get to move things to a better understanding. But there has to be a willingness. It takes other encouragement from people to encourage people to stop watching the news. The other thing is, speaking from a legalistic and logical sense, people need to stop paying attention to the hearsay. You know, I don't pay attention to what Donald Trump has to say. You know, I don't, I don't take it for truth because I know it's not my standard. It's much higher than his promises, his words. And he's no different from any other president that's ever existed in this country. They've all promised a lot. But no one ever takes the time to really understand the real powers of the president. He's not a king. He's not aristocratic. He's not a dictator. Because we do have checks and balances. If people would take the time to put and understand that Congress and the Senate are the ones that have the power. And when we can talk with each other, converse with each other, get, getting each other to understand what is the end-all game, how we play... The next biggest problem is accountability. We don't take a person accountability and we're always expecting to point, like you said, put the blame on someone else. Someone else should be doing this instead of, no, I'll, you know what, I'm going to do my part. I don't know how far I can go or how much I can do, but I'm going to do my part and make a difference. If more people had that mindset instead of like, oh, well, they, they're doing it already. Go ahead and let them, you know. If everyone did it collectively and really tried, you know, applying themselves, no matter their position, you know, a lot of things would be resolved. But we're being influenced in so many different ways. You know, this is not us that's just talking. There's other entities behind the scenes that are really being the shot callers, if you know what I'm saying. So my encouragement to you is don't pay attention so much always to the news. Good vibes, Jason. It has been a while. Thanks for calling in. 
I appreciate your encouragement. I am not spending my time watching the news. What you are hearing are my observations of other Americans watching the news, other Americans' responses to what's happening in the world. I don't think that the answer is, in my opinion, I don't think the answer is turning off the news entirely. I think we need to still stay plugged in to the news and know what's going on. Because if we don't, there are a lot of things we're going to miss out on. In particular, I believe personally that checks and balances are only as good as the people who are in position to enforce them, to make sure that those checks and balances happen. And I don't see evidence that that's happening right now because I have been tapping into the news every so often and doing some research every so often, making sure that I step out for my own mental and well-being, but doing enough that I see things are not well, that we can't just say that the groundwork was laid at one time for this country for all time and that it will always stand. That is not always the case as we look through history books. Certain forms of government only last so long before they crumble. And when you see evidence of problems, in my opinion, it's better to address them before things become irrevocably broken. I think that you are right and that hearsay is damaging, is obviously a problem. But at the same time, I think that they can be warning flags not information to take to heart, not information to build any foundation on or to run screaming with, but they can give you warning flags to say, hmm, okay, let's just remember that and, and say, is this something to be concerned about or not? And, and when I say hearsay, I'm not talking about a friend told me blah, blah, blah or I saw it on Facebook. I'm talking about when a reputable, depending on how you define that, a reputable agency said that a particular government agent or somebody said, you know what I mean? Like, so much in our world is about hearsay and it's very hard to get things legitimately from that person uh, straight from the source. So if we can cut down on the number of people in the telephone, the game of telephone, you know, all the better. The fewer the people, the better. If in that game of telephone there are some red flags that pop up, then those are red flags I begin to collect. And if those red flags begin to add up and show me something that that I may have read about or seen in history books or something, that's when I begin to get concerned. 
Also, when words begin to match actions, that's when I get concerned. When red flags match actions, these all, to me, are major, major issues. Then it's no longer just an opinion or something that, you know, someone is politically worried about. These are these are major concerns for the future of democracy or the nation or you know safety or you know what have you i'm i'm being a bit obtuse i suppose but i don't necessarily want to get into specifics uh in this particular episode i actually had the topic of checks and balances in my head when i was talking about accepting where we are today and now. It wasn't the only thing on my mind at that point, but when we see something not working, that instead of being surprised or shocked, it's something we have to accept because without acceptance, we can't move forward. Without acceptance, we can't discuss options of what to do next. But going back to an earlier part of your call when you were talking about when we need to do this or we should do that and accountability and responsibility, instead of putting it off on somebody else and we should be doing something ourselves, I have a question for you. What is it that you are doing, Jason? I know that life is probably very full right now uh, with a little one at home plus work, but what is it that you feel you can and are doing? Particularly if you aren't following the news and don't know exactly what's going on when. Well, to answer your question, it comes in several parts. I don't have to watch the news. I can, I can watch it for five minutes and catch up all what's been said in one week. So if I want to be kept current, I listen to a lot of talk radio. Um, I listen to a lot of intellectuals speak in different manners and not referring directly to the current events, but what's actually have has passed and trends because of that past. See, the way I kind of see it right now is like there's a strong correlation. What happened to Rome is exactly what's going to happen or has, is happening to the United States. And because I studied philosophy and I understood like the, pub, uh, the Republic, it gave a really great insight. And if anyone has the time to read the Republic and study it, you'll have a... You asked me, what am I doing? What impacts am I making? Well, I'm a critical thinker. I don't take anything that's just said to me um, for what other people may value. I ask questions, I spend time listening, and then I spend time talking. When I spend my time talking, I'm encouraging people. I've come across, for example, five people who said to me, you know, I'd really love to start my own business. And I asked them, why don't you? Their response was, well, it takes a lot of money. It takes, I don't have good credit. I would have to get a loan. Believe it or not, here in the United States, 
there's lots of grants to start businesses. But people don't realize that, nor do they know, nor do they know where to begin to start research. Jason went on to say that the news doesn't encourage us, and he seeks to encourage others. Even one person can inspire, make a difference. He said to dream, to think for yourself, to start reading, and to start studying. That's how you can make a difference. Thanks for listening. In today's episode, you heard music from Vortex entitled Snowflake, available from the Free Music Archive under a Creative Commons license. The details can be found in the episode description.